listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 Aaron Rodgers talking about Jeopardy, and here's the quote. I would love to be the host of Jeopardy, yes. I don't think I'd need to give up football to do it. They film 46 days a year. I worked 187 this year in Green Bay. Here's what we know. That isn't a guy that's maximizing the chance to win the Super Bowl. We can debate is that right or wrong. We can debate meaning of life. We can debate brinksmanship and negotiation. And it's an interesting point on the herd today is the idea of maybe this is a negotiation ploy to say, I've got an alternative. Maybe I won't even play football. Maybe. But the fact he's thinking of all this means that the Green Bay Packers have less of a chance to win the Super Bowl. And it's not coincidental of all the quarterbacks of the last 20 years, I would make the case that talent versus Super Bowl output, Aaron Rodgers is at the bottom of the list. Steve Fezzik joins. Do you put Aaron Rodgers at the bottom of that list? And let's again, who's the most talented quarterbacks of the last 20 years? Oh, Tom Brady. All right. Well, I, maybe successful. he is, maybe he's No, no, no. Try to listen to the question. Who's the most talented quarterbacks of the last 20 years? Aaron Rodgers. All right. Who else? Wow. I'm trying to think about who I would come up with. Is that what you're doing? Russell Wilson. The third round pick? Yeah. Uh, okay. So Aaron Rodgers obviously is a guy with massive talent. And we can sit and say, oh, we're setting the bar too high for him. Yeah, maybe. But when they talk about arm strength, when they, the measurables, all those things, he's at the top of the list. He's got one Super Bowl, which is an accomplishment. Let's not say it's not. But when you're 1-5 in five in championship games and you're talking about you worked 187 days, how could he even know that? How could he even know that? When, I, I'm, when I'm hiring people for pregame.com, if they ask about vacation, I, I maybe will – ask one more question and move on. Not that they don't deserve vacation. Everyone does. But if that's the question, they're not focused on the right thing. That's my take. You might disagree with that. If, if you do disagree, I hope you're one of my competitors. It's the way I look at it. And again, I think that work can be a joy in all that, but if you're counting the days, and obviously Aaron Rodgers is a bright guy. He's a talented guy. He's a good-looking guy. He's got a lot going for him. And maybe that's why he doesn't care so much about football. Maybe that's the point. But he certainly, it seems, cares less than Tom Brady. Even Russell Wilson, perhaps. The five foot eleven super talented third round pick. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Let's talk a little bit about all the San Francisco 49er talk. And I'm going to pose the following question. And McKenzie, he went to Yale. He sometimes struggles to hit the mic, though. It's a very complex, like <laughs> it's a button right there and you press it. Yep. And, and he is, you know, relate, first cousin with Kyle Shanahan and a staunch defender, staunch. His theory is maybe a lot of this Mac Jones stuff is a smokescreen, and my question is, and Mackenzie, I'll ask you, I'll ask Fez, I'll ask anyone, tweet me if you have a thought on this, at RJ in Vegas. We'll actually read it the next segment. If it's good, we set a high bar, at RJ in Vegas. Answer this question. Why? Why would the 49ers waste any time with a smokescreen? 
The number one pick, Trevor Lawrence. Number two pick, Zach Wilson. By all accounts, if somehow the Jets decide that's not the case, then the 49ers probably feel pretty good about Zach Wilson at three. So, Because when you trade up like that and give a king's ransom to get to three, it means that you are fine with at least three quarterbacks. Yes. It, it would make no sense to be fine with only two and think, I hope they don't pick Trevor Lawrence. I know they might, but I hope they don't. And then if they do, no way Zach Wills, right? I know the odds say it's like 85%, but I'm hoping no. That's not the way NFL teams are working. They like a third guy. So whoever that third guy is, why have a smokescreen? I believe there's reasons not to have a smokescreen. One of those reasons being once you draft your third guy, if he feels like that you were behind him from the start, that you traded up and that was your guy and you got him, that gets you equity. That gets you buy-in. Uncertainty does what? It makes him feel like, I wonder if they really wanted me all along. Mm. I know it's a small thing, but why? Why? And then the idea of oh, Nick Saban saying he didn't talk about this, didn't talk about that. Why waste the bandwidth? What you really think they didn't go see Justin Fields to deceive people? Let's say let's have less information so the media McShay doesn't know who we're picking. <laughs> Makes no sense, Mister Yale McKenzie. Well, there's make been, your case. There's been some talk about what the Atlanta Falcons are going to do it for. My, uh, does it doesn't matter? My, my thinking is if they can convince people that Mac Jones is their guy at three. There's going to be a lot of people in line saying, hey, well, Justin Fields is better than them. Let's trade up and get to the number three. And 49ers think, well, if we go to four, we know Trey Lance is going to be there. Whoa, 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 whoa. You just mumbled something. If we go to four, what do you mean if they go to four? They trade with the Falcons. Why would they trade with the Falcons? Because the Falcons think if they give up a little bit, they can not only get their QB of their future, but Justin Fields, a better QB than they think they would get it for. But if 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 they got people, you're saying if the 49ers are convincing people that Mac Jones is the pick, why would the Falcons, if they want Fields, not just sit there? <laughs> All right. Because they, they, they know that the 49ers don't need to be at three to get Jones, so that entices them. To, to trade move. up for what value, though? Meaning, I could see someone else in theory wanting to trade up with the 49ers, assuming that. And listen, I think that's more possible if Jones is their guy. Be, okay, except when you trade. So, what you're saying something very different than Atlanta Falcons trade up now, right? You're saying if people think the 49ers are picking Jones, people might try to tempt them with a trade to like go from three to six or something because he might still be there. Well, if that was the case, the 49ers would have done better just to go to six to start with. Which was obviously available because the seventy or the Eagles were willing to trade it. They went from they said. Remember, we said, "Oh, the idea that the Jets turned this down because why not go to two for the same package?" Well, the same theory is they had to at least want to get to three because you know six was available cheaper, right? Right. So, and if everyone say this whole idea, Mac Jones wouldn't go till late is just total BS. This is what. I, well, first of all, do you have any theories on this, Fez? You know, you're the master of this stuff, not me, so I really don't. All right, here's the question. I'm R.J. Bower, straight out of Vegas. That's Steve Fezzik. Here's the question to me. Everyone's saying, why would you trade a king's ransom in order to have a guy kind of like Jimmy G, who might be maybe a little better than Jimmy G, accurate, you know, that kind of thing? Okay, let's assume that's true. I don't think it's true. If you actually look at Mac Jones's 
measurables. He ran like a four six eight. He's not a horrible. He's not a horrible athlete. Faster than Patrick Mahomes. Is that right? Forty time, yeah. Whoa, wowza! That's a lead story right there. Okay, the most, the highest grade in PFF history. I think they've been grading quarterbacks in college since 12, maybe. I'm not sure. But highest grade. And they're not looking at how open the receiver is. They're looking at the throw itself. This guy is a better, let's say he is only a better version than Jimmy G. They're getting him for five years cheap. The 50 are not as cheap. So now you can have Jimmy G at 25, 28 million. Or Mac Jones, I'd say the same thing at, you know, five, seven, eight, whatever it is. I mean, as a high pick, it's not nothing. But And then with all that money, you can buy better players than those picks could have bought. I like that take. Thus, if, meaning the extra picks they trade. Yeah. So if you believe that Mac Jones is a borderline sure thing at a modest level, let's say the 12th best quarterback, then it's a hell of a move. And when you're an ego guy, like Kyle Shanahan should be, quite frankly, when you're an ego guy, you think, I don't need a great quarterback. I just need a good quarterback. Jimmy G was not quite good enough. Give me a guy as good, if not a little bit better, and give me another $20 million to spread around. Mm-hmm. We win that Super Bowl. And it feels like almost a sure thing. You take any project— they may turn out to be better. They may turn out to be worse and set your whole franchise back five years. Here, you're shooting for a double, not a home run, but Kyle Shanahan thinks he only needs a double. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Do you like football? Do you like the NFL draft? Well, guess what? I have you covered on the 3 and Out podcast with me, John Middlecoff, I need you to go subscribe right now because we're talking the draft. We're talking Zach Wilson. We're talking Justin Fields. Mac Jones, is he really going to go to the 49ers? I have it all covered. I used to scout in the NFL, and now I talk about football on the 3 and Out podcast. Go subscribe right now. Big Masters betting preview straight out of Vegas for you. And it's before 6.50 Eastern. Remember, before 6.50, we do better than 50-50 for the batters. you got a best bet coming up in a few minutes, Fez. One thing, let's talk about the favorites first. So the favorites to be the outright champion, Dustin Johnson, 9-1. to This is the defending champion. DeChambeau. Now, we don't have all the time to dig into it, Fez, but you have a special relationship with DeChambeau. Yeah, he's a mad scientist that lifts weights. I love DeChambeau. He's so hot. Now, I don't know who hit that. That was weird. <laughs> Is you really like were almost like the George Costanza skit in Seinfeld or or scene when he was in the hospital and somehow there was a a, a strapping fellow who was massaging someone. It seemed kind of similar your reaction. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I'm not saying you have to necessarily... Would you agree with that? Yes, I would. So hot. Okay. But he isn't someone we're super optimistic about here. Just, again, he might just John Daly style change everything and do great. But the Masters has not been his tournament. In fact, he was an amateur when he had his best score. Do you have any reason other than your personal um, attraction 
that you would say that DeChambeau should do well? No, this would not be the tournament I would bet him. All right. Justin Thomas, 11 to 1. Jordan Spieth, 12 to 1. And here's the guy that's kind of interesting. Uh, there's Ron, John Rahm, 12 to 1. Then Rory McElroy, a big name. He needs the Masters to complete his career slam. A lot of pessimism about that. You've got a best bet that involves Rory. All right, Fez, best bet time, and this is going to be a golf matchup. Come on, baby, $80,000. <laughs> Dustin Johnson, minus 130 against Rory McIlroy for the tournament. All right, so this means what is their score? If one misses the cut, the other one makes it, you win. Otherwise, one drops out, other one finishes, you win. So it's just who finishes higher. Now, if they both don't make the cut, it, if one finishes higher, they still win, right? That's correct. Okay. And what are the odds again? So Dustin Johnson, minus 130. Lay right, 130 so to win 100. 130 wins 100. So a little, and if you were taking Roy, it'd be like plus 110. So a little better than 50%. What's your rationale? Rory McIlroy, if you look at him in terms of odds, normally you can't get very good futures odds. You certainly can't get bargains on big-name golfers. Big-name, successful generally. Exactly right. So I was shopping, Rory. What's this? I'm seeing big jumbo payouts, 20 to 1 at some sharp books. All right, so when you say a sharp book, and this is important, you go to like a William Hill, big name, but they have recreational batters mostly. They're not known to want to take sharp action. Rory McIlroy, 14 to 1, let's say. You go to a place like the Westgate, which is known to take sharp action, and they have a golf expertise at the Westgate specifically, and 20 to 1. Yes. So they're saying, we got the best prices in town. You want Rory come here, which means the sharp books are saying they are fading Rory. They're saying, we don't think he has a chance to win. There's a down arrow pessimism which makes you want to play against him in the matchup. Exactly right. So what's the best way to bet against Rory, if you will? Well, I'm going to take the defending champion who finished second the year before. I'm taking Dustin Johnson, minus 130. Okay, and the theory is Dustin Johnson is the favorite now. And if you think about it, if one guy's 9-1, to one, the other guy is 20-1 to one at the sharp books, you're thinking, well, he's got about double the chance. You know, however you want to think, that's not always the right way to do it, but... In this case, I guess it would be, right? It'd be a 5% chance versus a 10% chance yes. or so. And you're thinking, okay, well, what's the odds of that ten, that double guy over the half guy odds to win? And it's like, you only got to lay 130? That's only a smidge over normal VIG. I like it. I, in fact, I'm co-signing another one. You had an earlier one on Durant. Having a block, minus 170 on the over in tonight's game. He's been 11-0 having a block. Now he's coming back from his injury. You like over Durant having a block. You also like... Dustin Johnson, minus 130. All right, guys. By the way, chances of a hole-in-one, 57%. That might be a fun bar bet based upon the odds. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.